Hello and welcome to The Song Inside, where we go inside people's stories to discover their songs. I'm your host, Deidre Rodman-Struck, piano goddess and song goddess, and I'll be walking people through this journey to find the songs hidden within themselves. Welcome. Hello, everyone. My singing to that intro has not gotten better over time. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, I should really practice. Um, That's just a general thing for music people anyway, always saying, I should probably practice. Um, But I don't need to practice hanging out with my next guest because he's awesome. Graham Bryce. Hi, Graham. Hey, how's it going? Graham in the house. Graham's (laughs) in my neighborhood. Graham is a fellow music parent of our kids' school, and I sort of took that for granted because you know how you meet people and they're like, oh, I play music, and you're like, that's nice. Um, (laughs) Or maybe I just do that because I'm like kind of jaded sometimes. But then I heard you play, and I was like, wow, you were a really unique and formidable songwriter, and I love your songs. And we've gotten to collaborate and like play in a couple of shows together now. So thank you for, um, I believe you invited me to something and then I invited you to something. And yeah, I think so. Yeah, it was like that. Yep. <laughs> and then we did you play on the music festival before I, COVID? Yes. I think I did yeah. three of the three years leading up to the. Yeah. And um, so we have this music festival lockdown. at our kids' school. That's really awesome because then all the parent musicians can perform. And yeah, that was March 8th, 2020. Can you believe that? Yeah. And then uh, shortly thereafter, a few people from the music festival got really sick. And we're like very lucky that, well, I didn't get it after the music festival. Did you? No, no, I managed to dodge it until actually uh, about two months ago. Oh, no. uh, And you got it? Yeah, I was asymptomatic though. Yeah, okay. And, what about uh, your family? Um, Molly got it a bit um worse than the rest of us, but uh yeah, Lucy has somehow dodged it completely. She um I think she just has superior genes of some sort, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, That's good. Um, yeah, and Ben Ben got it, he was asymptomatic too, uh so um, Oh, that's good. Yeah, but so we got to hang out for a couple of weeks together. <laughs> <laughs> I just passed one of my neighbors on the street, and we're in this time where, you know, okay, we've all kind of learned to live with it, but then we also just might get it at any time. <laughs> yeah. And um, she was saying that her husband got it. It's a total surprise. He's also a musician parent from PS130, but they're, they have a two-family house. And he, the grandma who lives downstairs is away, so he's just been chilling in this downstairs apartment, and she's bringing him meals, and he's basically asymptomatic, but he's isolating, and she's like, this is not fair. Yeah. (laughs) He's getting a total, like, man cave vacation down there for 10 days. Yeah, if if you're going to do COVID, that's the way to do it. I mean, totally. Just have somebody bring you food. and Yeah. Anyway, um, to all those who have had COVID, and it was not so good. We sympathize with you. We empathize with you. We hope everybody's feeling good today on this lovely day where we are here today to talk about music and songs and songwriting. 
And Graham, I purposefully did not do a deep dive into your background because I wanted you to just tell us about yourself. What's your musical background? Um, that's uh, that's a good question. Uh, yes, I'm still trying to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I guess I've always played music since I was, uh, yeah, according to my parents, uh, when I was three years old, I wrote my first song. Um, oh called Yunka Dunka, and uh, I don't remember how it goes, but apparently I, re- I took a stick in the backyard and before I could actually really write, but uh, I was kind of like sc- scribbling around in the dirt, and uh, and my, my dad was like, oh, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm writing a song. He's like, oh, what's it called? Yunka wow. Dunka. <laughs> that is a really good music origin story for Behind the Music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how the melody went. Any ideas? No, I don't know. I wish I knew uh, yeah, it's a shame we didn't have uh, voice memos back then. I know. Just had your stick in your dirt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very primitive. I might, yeah. I might, I might go back to that, uh, that technique. The stick and uh, dirt technique. Right out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, you, you know, you can't be at a loss for materials if all you need is a stick and dirt. Yeah. But yeah, other than that, um, yeah, I took recorder lessons when I was four or five and... Uh, yeah, piano for a bit when I was about nine, and then uh, discovered guitar. And uh, but yeah, after three years of piano lessons, uh, my dad was like, "Okay, um, not paying for any more lessons." He gave me uh, t- <laughs> he gave me his. That's uh, pretty long, actually. Some parents either just completely know right away it's a lost cause and stop, yeah. or they kind of make their kids go for like ten years. Yeah, well, us it was it was a weird thing. My um piano teacher who was great uh she uh went senile and then oh, we no. had trouble finding a, a replacement piano teacher and uh that's after trying so a couple sad. of yeah it is really sad <laughs> do you have but, uh, i mean was she, it happening while she was teaching you did you sort of get wind of what was going on or it was it was a pretty sudden thing i think it was uh well she was she she must have been pretty old i mean i yeah. was you know a little kid so and where she were you living about at 150 this time? <laughs> this is when I, I lived in England. I grew up in England and uh, moved to Florida when I was fourteen. But uh, this is so. This was still in England. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I feel uh, like that somebody needs to. Um, there's there's some sort of weird movie in there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> like a twenty four company could make a really interesting psychological horror movie about a kid who has a senile piano teacher. TM TM. Anyway, yeah. moving on. <laughs> yeah. So, but once you had the guitar, that was kind of like, this is my thing. Yeah. So the, the way I learned guitar was, yeah, my dad had these two giant beetle books with all the cor- chords in them. And um, he's like, okay, so, you know, no lesson here. Just take these, teach yourself. <laughs> wow. So yeah. What a way to learn. Yeah. That That's awesome. Definitely. Yeah, and um, yeah, I used his guitar, which was um, like the action on the strings was about an inch and a half off the fretboard. It was one of those old kind of clunky guitars. Right. And, uh, so that really helped with uh, building up uh, finger muscles. And <laughs> That's interesting. But, yeah. I've never thought about that, about the kind of guitar you learn on. of really yeah. affecting. I guess I've thought about it with piano a little bit just because... I learned on a piano that had a really easy, bright action. So mm. then when I went to play later, you know, some of the darker pianos with the harder actions, I was like, oh, this is a workout. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
But especially for guitar, when you know, maybe did you get a lot of blisters early on because of that? Yeah, um, yeah, and like just you know, your hand hurts after a while playing. Right. You know, <laughs> see, that, I tried but, um, one guitar lesson I think at one point, and I got like maybe one blister, and I was like, oh, "This is it, I'm done." <laughs> but I knew yeah, the guitar got- wasn't for me. But you persevered because yeah. you clearly yeah. knew it was for you. Yeah, I mean, I do regret sort of putting the piano to the wayside though, because. Um, Never too late. Yeah. I really do mean that. People I, say that, but I actually mean it. <laughs> yeah. I still dabble. We, um, yeah. luckily, um, uh, like a family friend, uh, gave us their piano a couple of years ago. Uh, that was also right before COVID. So that was a nice thing to have in the house during lockdown. Uh, oh, that's nice. And do your kids yeah. play it? Do they bang on it? A little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's finding the time, like between school and everything, like finding an appropriate time, uh, when we're not going to annoy the neighbors. Uh. <laughs> oh, that's a drag but, uh, about New yeah, York but, living is annoying the neighbors. But you know what? Yeah. Like, unless it's super late at night or super early in the morning, you're allowed to play that thing. Yeah. But I know how that can be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, when I first moved to New York, I was living in this, it was a very random meeting that I had in the street with somebody from my hometown who lived in a studio on East 6th Street that had a, piano and the piano was so big that it filled up the whole studio and so like the bed came out of the wall kind of a thing but I was able to sublet his place right when I moved to New York it was just total chance happening but next door to him lived a novelist like a very grumpy New York writer was always coming out saying, you know, you're disturbing my train of thought. I'm like, well, you're disturbing <laughs> mine. <so." laughs> yeah. <laughs> Another uh, uh, classic New York situation. Uh, right, I know. The neighbors are too loud. I wonder if anyone in New York's ever uh, tried to invent, like, instead of, you know, the Murphy bed, the fold-out mm. bed. I wonder if there's, like, a Murphy piano you can uh, just Ooh. fold up into the wall. And- oh, that is such a good idea. How would that <laughs> even work? Somebody's got to invent that. Yeah. That's a really good idea. Probably need someone uh, living with you to tune it every uh, couple of days, too. Yeah, yeah probably. Well, the, <laughs> maybe the person who invents it could also know how to tune it. So if yeah, you're out okay. there, we have a great business idea for you. Yeah. <laughs> Me and Graham, come talk to us. Murphy Pianos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. The yeah. things we do to make our music here. So um, what have you been writing these last few Months, years, pandemic times. What's your musical life been like during quarantine and all that? Um, for the most part, I don't know if you uh, checked it out. Like, I started doing sort of near the beginning of lockdown uh, on uh, Instagram uh, something called uh, hashtag Minute Brace, where I would just try to write a minute long song. Or just an idea and just, you know, because I just sort of going by the, I guess, the constraints of the video length. I think yeah. I think it's longer now. I think you can just post a, a full right. song now. But uh, That is very cool. I yeah. didn't know about that. So when you did it, did you write it beforehand? Did you improvise it on the spot? And did you limit yourself to like it has to be kind of a whole song in this minute or was just a verse, a chorus? Um, I mixed it up. Uh, the idea was sort of as a song exercise, you mm-hmm. know, just, uh, you know, because at that time, I feel like a lot of ideas were coming, but, you know, like, there wasn't a lot of will-to-finish stuff, you know, complete things, because it's like, oh, when am I going to play out again, you know, um, when am I going to get together in a studio with, with someone, you know, and 
I mean, I guess I do home recording, but it's it's not as fun, you know. But yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, so and and also, yeah, just trying to take that opportunity to explore new things to do. Um, so yeah, like I'd kind of rotate. Like I would pray about. Um, I, I was putting maybe four or five out of them, uh, four or five uh, songs a week up on uh, Instagram. And so I would try initially to, yeah, just come up with an idea like the morning of and just try and play it as quickly as possible. Um, I love that idea because working yeah. with constraints is such a nice tool for being stuck. Like you only have to do a minute. Yeah. <laughs> it's also, you. it's kind of like you do it and then it's gone in a way. You don't have to attach too much value to it. Yeah. Because you're doing so many of them and it's only a minute. So. Yeah, and uh, yeah, one thing I discovered too while I was doing that that uh, I think like one of my songwriting techniques is just to kind of write a verse and a chorus, and then um, sit back and sort of copy what I was doing in the first part of the song anyway. So I, I realized that a lot of my older songs worked as like minute long songs anyway. It's just wow. you know, um, got do you an, remember an any intro, of them a verse, and a chorus that you um, could maybe like throw down for us right now or sing for oh, us? Oh, um, possibly. Not to put you on the spot. Yeah, um, trying to think. Uh, let me try. Oh, here's a, a more recent one. Oh, okay. look, I just happen to have a guitar. Um, <laughs> another thing I had discovered during lockdown was uh, Nashville tuning. I don't know if you know about that. Uh, it's uh, where you take the uh, the higher strings of a twelve string guitar and put them on a six string guitar. So, so you get this nice. Ooh, that's nice. Yeah, it's almost like a. What do you call? Um. What are those things called auto harp kind of a sound. Yeah, it's really pretty. Yeah, so um, here's one of the more recent ones I, I kind of remember. So I'll see how I can do it. Um, well, I found myself in times of trouble once again. I'm back to square one, just looking for a friend to help me. Nothing fits. Nothing sticks Everything amounts to nothing Well, I found out about a half mile back That I was on the wrong track Too late to turn back So I'm looking for a navigator Nothing fits, nothing sticks Everything amounts to nothing. Oh, I love that. Oh, thanks. I hope you do a recording of a bunch of these. Yeah, I mean, they're all still up on, yeah, if you just go like hashtag Minute Bryce on um, Instagram, you can search it and there's... A th- and It'd be uh, nice I did to a have tr- a, can you do playlists on Instagram where you just like stack them up one after the other or... I'm not sure. Um, I did re- so I recorded them all like on my phone, like little phone videos. Yeah. Um, and I just recently discovered how to uh, extract the sound from them. So I think I'm going to go through eventually and uh, extract extract all the sound and post them up somewhere. Yeah, that would be that really nice. Don't want to look at me while I'm doing. It. <laughs> well, I I would love to. Yeah, I. I watch things, but I more listen to things just on the headphones. So just to have a little playlist of Graham's one-minute songs, I would listen to that all the time. Oh, cool. (laughs) I wonder if this could become almost a new genre, like just short 
ideas of songs. It seems to yeah. fit the times in a certain way. Yeah, it's definitely a good exercise. And um, yeah, I was kind of thinking it might be a fun thing to like, in a, uh, as like a sort of a songwriter circle idea. It's like write a yeah. minute long song, pass it on to the next person to oh, come up with the next minute. And then maybe right. they pass it on to someone like else. Like one of the, what do they call that? When the exquisite corpse with the art where they, somebody oh, yeah, the yeah. head and the, yeah. that's a good idea. Yeah. Mm, maybe you and I should start a little songwriter circle or do you might already have one. No, I don't. I mean, I have several friends. I haven't tried that idea, but um, definitely right. um, know some know some songwriters. But yeah, it's, definitely be it's up for it. It's <laughs> interesting because now, after almost a year of doing this podcast, well, and when this airs, it will have been a year. Um, so many people talk about song clubs that they're in and how inspiring yeah. it is for them and how they do it really regularly. And I've jumped on a couple of other people's song clubs here and there. But I've never quite – it's already been kind of a thing or I just could never really get my own off the ground. But maybe if we just start the two of us and then we like start small. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely it. up for that. I'm yeah, ready. Cool. I would love yeah. – so you heard it here first, people. <laughs> I've already committed to a couple of things on here. People are all probably wondering, where's your band camp that you promised you would put up? And it's – I'm working on it, but I'm very slow. <laughs> I'm one of these people that I'm just really slow. You're on musician time. I'm on musician time. I do some things very fast and some things excruciatingly slow. Yeah. I uh, start quickly and then have uh, trouble finishing anything, which is why the minute Bryce thing was such a <laughs> I know. Minute Bryce. Da, da, da. Yeah. That needs to also its own theme song. Um, <laughs> I want to play a song that I really enjoy of yours. First of all, like one of the first times we played, I think was at a fundraiser for the furlough. It's like the government furlough, yeah. like the government workers, yeah. yeah, were furloughed and not getting paid. And because my husband is in the union for the Federal Aviation Administration, go Ben. Um, we decided to do a fundraiser just to get food and stuff for those people that were out of work. And I asked Graham, and he generously said yes. And one thing that really struck me about your songwriting is how it's unexpected and that sometimes I think the chords are going to go one place and they go another place or the melody is going to go one place and it goes another place. And I'm wondering if it's so interesting that you learned from the Beatles songbooks because I feel like a lot of people learn just regular song forms, you know, either jazz standards or just like this rhyming here and this thing goes here. But your music feels like is comfortable breaking the rules? Would you say that's a fair assessment? Oh, definitely, yeah. And it's, yeah, definitely something I'd aim for, too. And I think, yeah, those Beatle books were definitely uh, an influence on that. Yeah, just, like, seeing... Yeah, it's kind of interesting, because I guess the books themselves, they had all the all the chords, but it wasn't the way the Beatles themselves would have written them out, you know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's fun, like, learning uh, that songs that are... You know, very catchy and short can have fifty-seven chords in them and, and right. still work. So. And in a way, it's kind of cool that you you actually looked at the songs and the chords and had not been listening to their versions. Yeah, that was you weird really too, because you really like got a songwriting crash course before even hearing what they were doing. You know. Yeah, my um, parents had a pretty small record collection. I think it wasn't until I was about twelve that we got our second Beatles record. So oh. yeah, like the vast majority of it was, you know, hearing my dad play them and sort of remembering them and then figuring them out from there. Yeah. 
Well, I want to play this song, Ask Me To, which I've heard you play live. And you also have another version of this on an EP. But this is a quote-unquote live version. But can you tell us the story about why it's the quote-unquote live? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was um, lucky enough to be invited to um, be on uh, Joe McGasco at WFMU's show, Surface Noise. Um, and this was this was pre-COVID. Uh, but they had a... I think there was a leak in their studio. They they just uh, recently um, set up uh, Monty Hall, which is their you know their um, performance space. And uh, yeah, there was a giant leak in the the, build, the building's pretty rickety. And um, no, so originally I was going to bring. I just actually put together a, a full band with. Um, yeah, it was about six people in the band, and so we were all we were going to go, and they're like, oh oh, we can't do it. It's all going to be acoustic. And then, um, so I went in live and did most of the show just by myself uh, on a Monday morning, but um, my other bandmates couldn't make it uh, that early. And um, so I got together with, yeah, um, Simeon, another, uh, or Sim, another uh, fellow parent. PS 130, yeah. <laughs> everybody smiles. Yes, we have our own theme song at PS 130. <laughs> yeah, and... <laughs> And uh, also uh, Dave Oliger, who is the guitarist in the, and backing vocalist. Me and him have been in bands for years, uh, playing in each other's bands. Uh, so we decided we'd do like a like a Peel Sessions kind of thing that they used to do on, or probably still do on BBC Radio, and just bring a couple of tracks in that we recorded. Um, and that was, yeah, so that's what we did. We recorded two songs um, for them to play on air to just sort of give a representation of right know, a fuller sound a full sound yeah. yeah awesome so we are going to listen to one of my favorite songs from graham bryce this is ask me to
There's so many layers of that song. I love how it just subverts you at, at every corner. It's like, oh, now we're in four, but oh, here's a bar two I'm throwing in. I love that. And then I love how all of a sudden then you'll have chord, 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 and then you just lay on the same chord for like four or five bars. Yeah. <laughs> and then that bridge or where it lifts everything is oh, it's so good. Oh, thanks. <sighs> and I also love that line, I'm not your giving tree, because yeah. <laughs> we've all read that book. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a weird book if you think about it. Yeah. What what uh, inspired the writing of this particular song? Do you recall? Uh, it was kind of stream of conscious at first. Um, I remember it was actually, I wrote, I was, it was, it was, Several years ago, I was at work and I was feeling sick and I left early and I got home and I was kind of feeling sorry for myself. But then uh decided, yeah, the, so- this, the sort of melody of the, of the song like popped into my head and I was like, oh, I should probably do something with that and sort of drag <laughs> myself off the couch and uh, turn the, turned on the voice memo and uh, and the rest, as they say, is history. <laughs> That's inspiring to me, seriously, because... It's really hard for me when I'm in a funk, and I, I hate to admit this, but because I want to be honest on this podcast, I'm in a funk a lot. I I mean, I find myself a lot of the time now that I have more time, and I, you know, if I have a little chunk of space where I'm not really assigned to do anything, I'll lay on the couch and just feel sorry. Like my life is awesome. I have a great family. I've got a job. I've got cats. I've, you know, I've got friends. <laughs> and so yeah. sometimes I feel like I have no business feeling sorry for myself. But this is why I take meds for depression. And most of the time, it's good. I'm good to go. And some days I'm just in a funk. And it, I'll hear a melody during those times. And it's really getting off the couch to the voice memo sometimes feels like a million steps. And there's like lead weights on my feet. Yeah. 
So, and I'm not saying that's how you're feeling, but I'm saying the fact that you were feeling a bit sorry for yourself, heard this melody, and for whatever reason, you were able to push record on that voice memo so you didn't lose that. That's been really inspiring to me. Oh, cool. (laughs) I don't know if other people have the struggles I have with that, but... um, No, yeah, definitely. Um, I almost have the opposite. I think when, you know, when I have... Mm -hmm. um, I'm feeling good and have a lot of spare time. The the ideas don't really come. It's usually at like inconvenient mm. times when the, the <laughs> melodies like have to be put down. <laughs> right. But I wonder, yeah. is that maybe that's why they come? Yeah. It's almost like sometimes mine come um, when I wake up in the middle of the night and it's like an annoying mosquito. It's like brushing it away. Yeah. It's like, I'm too tired right now. Stop. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I used to keep a notebook by my bed for those kinds of things. And now I just like the voice memo is really a lifesaver. Oh yeah. Because you get up and you get involved in your kids morning or whatever's going on. It's like, Oh, what was that awesome song I was dreaming about? (laughs) (laughs) So yeah. And then sometimes you have the time you're sitting at the keyboard. You're like, I'm ready. Nothing. Crickets. Yeah. (laughs) Which is why then it's good to have constraints. Like you said, it's like, well, I'll do a one minute thing or, yeah, it's almost like uh, I feel sometimes uh, that the voice memo thing is too easy. I, I have trouble going back to like if I get a good idea, I'm like I get really attached to like the little demo, and you know, mm. I'll listen to the demo like little sort of like crackly uh, initial idea and like it so much, and like never go back and finish it or mm. add stuff to. Is this? Do you think it's? Because you're sort of a purist and you and you think that if you're going to elaborate on it, it will destroy the integrity of that kind of crackly first thing or? Not really. I mean, I think if I'd have had voice memos 20 years ago, that that would, would have been what I would have said. Because <laughs> you know? I definitely like was, um, that would have been great. Because yeah, like in the sort of early mid 90s, I was really into like all the sort of lo-fi, like, you know, mm-hmm. tape stuff. Like, um. Yeah, I used to record a lot of stuff on like dictaphones and things, and that Ooh. would be the the finished product. <laughs> That's cool. So, yeah, do you? How um, often do you go back through your voice memos, or do you not do that? Um, I'll generally like go. I don't know if I really go back. Like, I I do them all, and then I'll remember. Like after like a you know a big chunk of product, I guess I'll, 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 you know, like three or four of them will pop into my head and I'll, you know, go back to the, I'll be like, oh, those must be the better ones. Cause they're the ones I remember. <laughs> <laughs> but every now and then, every couple of years, I will kind of like dive back and see if anything's there. And uh, yeah, me too. I just did one of some, those. Some um, I, and I forget why I was looking for something specifically. Cause sometimes I'll also sneak record my children. Sorry, children. But if they're, especially like if they're giggling really hard or doing something or they're singing and they don't think I'm listening, like it's, yeah, I feel now like I'm the bad parent of big brothers (laughs) watching you, but I do record them for my own private purposes, which is to say memories. (laughs) But I was looking for something in particular and I I found myself going way back like to 2014 to some Mm. of my voice memos and there were just a bunch in a row that weren't labeled and like what is this and there was some good stuff in there yeah i'm definitely terrible at labeling i've gotten better recently but yeah i definitely have yeah anything before about 2019 is just you know it's like 
you know, a series of numbers. And <laughs> so that, that makes it more daunting. It's kind of fun, though. It's kind of like you find this old treasure chest of not everything's a gem, obviously, but there are little snippets in there of me just walking and singing yeah. something into the, and like, oh, that was cool. Even yeah. if it was, well, that was shit. There's <laughs> sometimes there's something in there, a word or so. Yeah, definitely. Sometimes I'll just transcribe those into a little notebook, and then if I get really stuck, I can say, oh, there was that idea. That can also flip the other way, though, where then I become really overwhelmed with all of my unfinished ideas, and they taunt me. Yeah, I definitely have. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I have nightmares about all the albums that I haven't recorded. uh, (laughs) Because, yeah, that EP... um, which is the last thing I, I guess the last EP I put out, uh, that was originally going to be like a double album, but I just didn't have the time or the money. Is this flowering future one or? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And you know, and and it took like a year and a half to record five songs and which in that space, I probably wrote another album's worth of stuff too. (laughs) So it's just like, yeah, I feel like that's kind of the plague that we face too is by the time, a lot of us record things. It's we're recording these ghosts, these echoes yeah. of our past because we've moved on and now we've recorded a whole new set of things. And not all of us can be, you know, like Taylor Swift, where we're just like, I'm just going to go record a double album now and also re record yeah. my old albums. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's amazing and inspiring. Yeah. But yeah, no, you get to have a team of, of people. Uh, yeah. I have to say, I'm though, I money. love that EP. Flowering Beach, so good. Um, and I'm really glad that you selected a song from that as your darkness to light song. So because I haven't mentioned it a while in a while on the podcast, uh, what I like to do is ask people to bring a song that took them from darkness to light, from you know non-truth to truth, or however you want to define that for yourself. And you picked I'm All Right With That, so talk to me about the track. Yeah, so the song is basically me uh, reconciling uh, myself with my, I guess, sort of initially it's just sort of like, you know, lack of quote-unquote success as a musician, you know, like being sort of under the underground kind of, you know, for 20 years and uh, or more if you count like pre-New York. But, um, and so, you know, like you can, you can get really down feeling about that, but... um. I sort of realized that in that time I've been lucky because I haven't ever had to go through like the sophomore slump or, you know, like I haven't had to live up to some record I made in, you know, when I was 23 and um, I've Mm. just been able to sit back and absorb all the techniques that I would like to have as a songwriter and, you know, like, and actually like sort of learn the craft and, you know, I sort of realized, well, I can pretty much whenever I want to or need to write a song that I'd like to listen to, you know, Mm -hmm. and if I, if I need a new song to listen to, I can sit down and write a new song because of, Hmm. you know, I've learned, you know, by being sort of in the background, I've been able to just, you know, work on that. So, um, yeah, so it's like, you know, it definitely has a tongue in cheek aspect to it. So it's like, you know, the, the line and sing like there's no one listening because there's no one listening and you know that it could end there but then and then it's like oh, right. I'm all right with that you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm glad you um, talked a little bit more about that because when I was listening to it I both related and was like well wait no one's listening 
Because yeah. an artist is like, well, well, no, I want people to listen. But then yeah. I, I do I mean, think I'm about... I'm listening, so... <laughs> well, right, but I mean, I do think about, you know, with the Grammys um, were recently and just how much pressure it would be for, you know, a Billie Eilish or an Olivia Rodrigo, both of whom I think are great songwriters. But, yeah. you know, they're 19 and 20 or whatever, and they've had this early success with their original music, and then the whole world is just going to be waiting to see what they do next, and they're playing that song for the rest of their lives, and which all of which most people would just covet. And I definitely, when I was younger, was like, I want that. Like, why am I not out there doing more? But like right, you said, yeah. at some point you come to terms with, I'm a, I'm a career artist. I can just hone my craft. I'm just going to write. And I love how you said, I want to listen to a good song. Well, I'll write that song then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so let's listen to I'm All Right With That. I'm going to start that over and mark the time down because that was a weird start to that. Hang on. Look into the faces staring out at you from your old records. Funny how they've aged so well, in fact. Getting younger, have they lost the hunger that was shunting them into the future? I still got my motivator, twice as old, two decades later. Sing like there's no one listening, because there's no one listening, and there never was. But I'm alright with that. Nestled snugly just within the walls Funny how the spotlight searchlight Emphasizes your own shadow Narrowing the field was never This old town's proud motivator I still got my flowering future Glowering at me from the past Seeing like there's no one listening Because there's no I'm alright with that 
That's so cool. I love the ending. It's it felt to me almost like at the ending, you're proving your point. You're like, I'm just gonna keep playing. Yeah, it's a good thought. Yeah, I haven't thought about that. But, uh, yeah, I like that. I love so that. From and now on, I'm going to tell people that. that yeah, was the idea. please do. <laughs> um, and when we have our band, we're totally going to do this. It's like good theme song for anyone. I feel like this song should be everywhere, all the time. Oh, oh great! <laughs> uh, just um, you know, good for warm weather, rolling down the car window, sing like this, like oh, it's just awesome. Oh, thanks. Uh, talk to me about your lyric writing a little bit because we haven't touched on that yet. What's your process with that? Just kind of free form? Um, yeah. I'm, I guess I'll start with an idea. I, I, you know, lyrics are definitely important to me. And I like to try and do something interesting with an idea. And um, Yeah, I've noticed yeah, in, in your phrasing sometimes I like that you – it feels like you do play with words. There's some humor there. That yeah, you, that's definitely something I like to yeah. do. I like to, you know – Little um, sort of internal rhymes and mm-hmm. you know, like you know, puns and things. You know, do you sit down with the things notebook? that could get really annoying if you do it too much? You know? No, no, no. Yeah. Um, do you have sort of a writing notebook, or do you just sit and while you're playing, you do the lyrics at the same time? Um, it can happen either way. Um, and these days, like instead of a notebook, just you know, phone. Um, yeah, you know, <laughs> notes on the phone, but um. Yeah, I'll usually, yeah, I'll usually have like, um, yeah, the lyrics and the music will usually come pretty closely with each other. Uh, you know, if I, you know, I kind of hear the melody in a in a line that pops into my head. Anyway, you know, I mean a a line yeah. of lyrics that pops into my head. You know, usually yeah, comes. Yeah, I kind of feel like you and I are pretty similar in our writing styles, which is not the case for everyone, obviously, that I talk to here because everyone is different in their writing styles. Yeah. That, that will happen to me too. I was just thinking of your phrase flowering future, which is such a great, it's just like very musical and has a good mouth feel, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, it's fun sometimes to, I guess the example I'm, I'm thinking of is I woke up a long time ago and this phrase where there's a door, there's a window came into my head. And so then I was like, where there's a door, there's a window. And then I was like, I have always wanted to be like James Bond's girl, basically. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it became, oh, there's not a door, but there's a window. And now I'm James Bond's, I'm a Bond girl. But sometimes the phrase will come with a melody and then that just goes from there. And I'm always grateful when that happens. Cause, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, but what you're saying definitely sounds a lot like how yeah. how the songs happen for me too. Um, but then for me, yeah, it's hard some... to revise after that. Yeah, it's weird. Like if you know, you can get like 20 seconds worth of like really cool stuff, and then it's like ah, you know, like something that you came up with is like some word that doesn't rhyme with anything, and <laughs> <laughs> so then you have to do you have to pull something else out of your hat, like uh, you know. Do you often find that you? mash two of your song ideas together or no um i have done more so lately with the you know there was something that probably came out of doing those minute long songs like mm. you know you, you write a few of them then you realize oh like song three kind of goes well with song right. nine and you know right do you think and, you could give us one more of those one minute ones is that too much pressure to put um, on you i we didn't nah, talk I mean, about this beforehand but all right here's um <clears throat> 
Here's a, a good example of things getting delayed due to COVID. This is a, a very uh, pointed uh, political song that uh, was basically uh, out of date about two weeks after I wrote it because it's all about, uh, uh, well, you'll be able to tell, I think. Uh, if not, well, you know, we can talk about it afterwards. And this one's quite a bit different to the other stuff, so I figured I'd throw in a bit of... Uh, Brady. Right. I won this election. Don't you tell me I'm wrong. I ain't leaving. This fat man ain't singing no exit song. People, they've been telling me my victory's secure. So move your moving vehicles away from my door. I ain't leaving. I won. Don't you tell me I'm wrong. Yeah, I got the best people. Why would they lie to me? Yeah, I got the yes people in order to cement my victory. I'm the king, I'm sitting on my golden bowl Thumbs are jitter, twittering on that roll I ain't leaving, I won Don't you tell me I'm wrong <laughs> I, had to so mute, the, I had to mute myself, I was laughing so hard <laughs> that. <laughs> So that That's the minute long version, but I, I've actually extended that I have a a scat trumpet solo that I won't do yet. But, uh, oh, yeah. yeah um, Perfect. Then, you know, so that, that oh one became God. a full song, but that's the, yeah, that's the uh, initial minute. Oh, it's version. so good. <laughs> it's funny. We could pair that with my um, Marie Kondo song about how. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you know, she needs to go and she needed to go clean up some things. Yeah. Some yeah. things there. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's fun to, to do these little political songs because – as well as giving us fodder for songwriting, it's also just feels important sometimes to not hide how we're thinking. Yeah. <laughs> to have yeah. an outlet. Yeah. More or less. Even if we're singing and no one's listening, it's still good to sing about those things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what are you doing these days? More of the same? New things? What's on the horizon? Uh, yeah, I have um actually I'll be doing my first band live show uh May fourteenth at Freddy's over in Park Slope. Uh with I have a, a trio that we did one gig last year before Omicron and then uh went on hold again. <laughs> but um before yeah, just, uh, Omicron yeah. then we went on hold. Yeah, so I decided to uh, sort of scale things back a bit, just you know, drums, bass, guitar. Nice. Um, I'm kind of doing stripped down versions of some of the older ones, and yeah, I got a big pile of new songs. So a lot Yay. of them that came out of the of the Minute Bryce stuff. So, ah, this uh, is so inspiring. Yeah. I'm excited. I will definitely be there. Cool. Good old Freddy's with their awesome French fries. Yeah, I think. Come yeah, out we to both Freddy's. played there. Oh yeah, we did. It was there with Jim Nabel, right? Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah. It was yeah something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still trying to wrap my head around gigs, gigs, gigs. I'm yeah. back, back, back. <laughs> yeah. For now, for now, for now. <laughs> for now, for now, for now. <laughs> Meanwhile, my neighbor is in his basement with COVID, COVID, COVID. Yeah. Uh, 
All right. So I have some questions, and the goal okay. is to not think too much. Okay. Um, an artist or songwriter who's currently inspiring you, or your cre- who you're currently listening to. Not a specific person, but one thing I've been doing over the last few weeks is uh, sort of revisiting stuff I was into a long time ago. Sort of trying to think of a time period, like sort of, oh, what was I really into, like in you know when I was a sophomore in art school, you know, in nineteen ninety five, and and what were you and into sort of then? Trend, well, a lot of you know like sort of lo fi indie rock stuff, and um, that was right around the time I had sort of rediscovered. Elvis Costello, who was a he's a big influence, yeah, especially with the lyrics and stuff. Um, um yeah, there was a great uh record shop near where I lived, uh this was in Sarasota, Florida, that had like it was just walking distance and all the records were like two dollars each and um but they didn't have a lot of the stuff that I was listening to at the time, like um like the newer like indie rock of the time, but uh but it had, yeah, it just had like every Elvis Costello record, every Joe Jackson record, every Squeeze record. And it was just like madness, you know, all the stuff that um was like on the radio when I was like five or six years old in England uh, that was sort of humming in the back of my brain that um sort of, you know, came back to be like a big uh, touchstone for me as a, as a musician. Right. What about a listener. concert that sticks out in your mind that you've seen? Um... Yeah, there's so many. Uh, Pluck one from your one, brain. Yeah, one I was kind of thinking of the other day when I was listening to another episode. Um, it was This would have been when I was about maybe 11 or 12 um, in England. Uh, my family went on like a this like Christian retreat thing for a weekend. And, and there was this uh, musician. He's He's actually, he's great. He's called Martin Joseph. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's sort of one of the few people that's managed to sort of cross over into like a kind of a folk. Right. And he's sort of like a Welsh Bruce Springsteen kind of character. Cool. <laughs> but anyway, he, um, yeah, he, uh, yeah, he put on an amazing concert and there was, you know, it was, it was in like a school sort of cafeteria kind of a situation with maybe 50 people, but he, him and his band like played as if, you know, he was, you know, in an arena or something. And, you know? but, uh, but it was just like, yeah, the, the songs were strong and his, you know, uh, banter was strong. You know, a lot of a lot of good jokes. So he had a great, I uh, think, like, yeah, for one of the songs, he busted out his 12-string guitar and he's like, you know, and it's like attitude. And he's like, fix it. He's like, you know, he's like, he's like, he's like um, you know, when I die and go to heaven, I sure hope they don't give me a harp. And I was like, oh, that's a- <laughs> That's funny. Like, I like this guy. <laughs> I think I want to do that when I grow up. You know, As you were talking, I, I was thinking about how I wonder, you just never know who's seeing you and having that yeah. response. I had never right, really thought yeah. of it like that. Like, you know, I've played some pretty small venues over the years, and you've kind of assumed that, ah, whatever. But yeah. <laughs> you really never know and will never know. Like if there was one person in that audience who saw us, it's like, hey, I think I want to do that. Yeah. And if I thought that way more often, I would maybe bring even a little more of myself to the to the table when I play. Yeah. What yeah, about um a bucket list person you would love to work with someday? Um I think a lot of them are 
getting a bit too old to do it now. But, but we're um, fantasizing. We're <laughs> fantasizing yeah, yeah. here. Yeah, I think if I could put together, uh, if I could get like Ray Davies from the Kinks and Randy Newman together with like McCoy Tyner and Elvin Jones and um, have them be my backing band and oh, yeah. write, write my songs for me. I think. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I would good. come to that show for yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, and but, finally. Yeah. I mean, I could have, I could have probably picked 20 other people to, you know, stick. Of in course, band, of I, course. I, those, those were the. Right. The and these are like, because <laughs> if we, you know, we could talk about each of these questions for a full hour. So yeah. like there's just the ones that sort of pop up in the moment, little snapshot of where you are in this particular day, this particular moment. Um, and on this particular day, this particular moment, what piece of advice would you give a young songwriter? Um, just, I think, absorb as much as you can and just listen to as much stuff as you can, read as much stuff as you can about, you know, the people that make the music that you like or want to make. And, you know, that's a good one I haven't heard before. Gradually, I think, you know, if you have a broad enough you know, pot, you know, or, you know, I know what you mean. throw enough of that stuff yeah. in, you know, I think, um, yeah, yeah. I think the more kind of original your own stuff gets. Um, hmm. Good advice. I am going to take that to heart yeah. too. And, uh, one other bit, listen to the, uh, well, aside from this podcast, of course, but uh, <laughs> also, uh, do you know, um, the soda jerker on songwriting podcast? I don't that's, know that uh, one. I'm going to find it right now. That's really good. It's, um, yeah, that's Soda Jerker on songwriting. Yeah, it's just uh yeah, they they've at this point they've interviewed pretty much every single um brilliant songwriter. I'm, they're still going. I guess the, there needs to be uh, Have they interviewed you? No, not yet. Well, so and, uh, they haven't interviewed yeah, all of so, them so yet. They're not, they're not done yet. Yeah, they, they haven't they haven't closed up shop yet. So I'm really glad there. you told me about that because when I started this I I was looking for all kinds of podcasts that were like this and for some reason I didn't didn't find that one. I don't know why. So now I get to go listen to it and listen to new songwriters. Yay. Yeah. And we are going to form a song club. That is my Definitely. new goal. Definitely. Graham, thank you so much uh, yeah, thank for you. coming on fun. the show. It's been probably a long time coming, even though we see each other a fair amount. It's taken a yeah. while to, <laughs> to schedule it, but I'm really glad that we did. And I can't wait to hear you play and to play more with you. And Definitely. people should find you on Bandcamp as well as the other places. But not everything is available on Spotify. So go find him on Bandcamp. Pay for the songs. <laughs> and uh, come to Freddy's if you're in Brooklyn, May 14th, and we'll have some fries together. And cheer Sounds on good. Graham. And as always, you can find me at thesonginside.me. Um, every Monday, a new episode. And the one-year anniversary of the podcast is coming up May 17th. So stick around for that. That'll probably be right around this gets released. So we'll be celebrating all things songwriting and on to a new year. Until that happens, remember that everyone has a song inside, including you.